Today's episode is sponsored by Alone in the Dark. The highly anticipated new reimagination by Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic. Play as Edward Carnby or Emily Hartwood to explore your environments, fight monsters, solve puzzles, and uncover the true secret of Dorsetto Manor. Our favorite heroes are brought to life by Hollywood stars Jodie Comer of Killing Eve and David Harbour of Stranger Things, who lend not only their voices, but their appearance and their formidable acting skills to the brave protagonists. Experience a deep psychological story that goes beyond the realms of the imaginable, all dreamed up by Mikhail Hedberg, cult horror writer of Soma and Amnesia. The team at Pieces Interactive is supported by monster designer and legendary Guillermo del Toro collaborator Guy Davis, as well as doom jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark. Welcome to Horror Bites on Savebrick, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm Neil Bolt, and joining me as ever is my friend from around the way, Jay Krieger. Hey guys, what's going on? So in 2022, Jay and I decided Safe Room needed a way to branch out into covering smaller indie horror games, and Horror Bites was born, an episode once a month where we selected up to eight short horror games at random and shared our experiences. Since that first Horror Bites, we've discovered all manner of wonderful games that could be finished short in you know, short order, with ideas and delivery that could, and often did, humble the big hitters out there in the horror sphere. So as we reached our 100th episode recently of Safe Room, we pondered how we could freshen things up for the future, and Horror Bites felt like the place to go for that. So now we have a weekly show in addition to Safe Room, where we can cultivate a steadier, smaller stream of games that we feel deserve your attention. And as you may have seen and heard last week, we kicked off the new Horror Bites with an example of what else we'd like to do more often interviews with the developers who make these games that we cover. So be sure to check out that debut episode where we had a chat with Geonic Studios about the Kickstarter campaign for its offbeat survival horror, Ten Dead Doves. But that's enough of the spiel, so on with the show. So Jay, for this week's episode, we've each picked a recent game from Itch.io's horror section to highlight. And as I've waffled on long enough already, I thought I'd let you kick us off with your selection for this week's episode. Yeah, so really excited about this new format. Um, and, you know, like you'd said in the intro, uh, we had a fantastic time chatting with the guys over there behind 10 Dead Doves at Duonic Studios. And in this week, chatting about, uh, you know, bite sized indie horror title that we found on Itch.io, uh, I picked Recognition Test 23 mm. by Abulia, uh, which they made for a Scream Jam uh, not too long ago. But in Recognition Test 23, it has a similar format to something along the lines of, I think it was called, was it called Bramble County or something like that, that I covered uh, last year, I believe, yes. where basically the game is set up like you're looking at a computer screen or you're being shown this sort of monitor that has images that are asking you questions. Um, and basically the questions become, 
you know, they grow from being uh, mostly sort of these innocuous questions that are very sort of just mundane, rudimentary. And then they, of course, grow increasingly strange and creepy and whatnot. Um, it really is the type of thing that feels like an experience that's a cross between uh, like a Blade Runner recalibration test. Mm -hmm. And then also like those uh, tests that you have to take on websites sometimes where it like wants you to prove you're not a bot, like, oh, select these three or four images to proceed or something along those lines. And recognition test 23, I think, captures that in a way that combines really creepy art, but at the same time, it has this pacing and in the interactivity portion of it. Uh, is more than just selecting photos. And that's not to say, you know, the ones we've covered before where it's kind of just picking photos, uh, you know, was limiting or anything like that. But Recognition Test 23, I think, does a good job of taking an experience kind of like Be Honest, which you had yeah. picked a couple of months ago. Um, and it takes that framework and builds upon it in a way that I liked. So it's broken up into three phases. There's 21 questions, begins simple enough, right? It asks you to look at some images and select the image uh, or the part of the image that ties to the description. So one of the questions is like, select the statue in this photo. You identify the statue, it moves on to the next picture with something similar along those lines. Um, but what I liked about Recognition Test 23, in addition to the artwork, which I'll get into in a minute, is the fact that there are multiple types of inputs that the player can you know, participate with. Um, it starts simple enough, like I said, about clicking on a photo, but then there's a portion where it's about typing in words to describe how a photo makes you feel. And then that, you know, there's another phase that uh, I won't spoil for anybody because that's where things, you know, really go off the rails in terms of just being uh, overtly horrifying and whatnot. But what I did really like about this also was the fact that the art style of some of the images begins, you know, normal enough. It kind of feels like stock images that you'd find on Google. But then the ways in which they incorporate not only disturbing artwork, but how they distort artwork of just very normal scenarios and whatnot, um, it really goes a long way, I think, in terms of cultivating an experience that's similar to probably experiences on Itch.io and whatnot that you've played that resemble this. Yes. But I think also what it does a good job of is capturing that sort of analog style of, uh, you know, as if this was like a PowerPoint slide back in the day off a projector, it has these sort of uh, analog beeps and bops that come on when a new image comes on or when you're moving to the next phase, um, which does a good job of being somewhat unsettling, I think, mm. just because, you know, you get so regimented in what you're doing. And for a majority of the experience, there's no music and it's, you know, silent. So when you hear one of those, you're like, oh, it's almost like a mini jump scare at times because you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's other phases going on uh, behind the scenes and whatnot. But yeah, I'm curious, how did this one land for you considering, you know, it was similar to Be Honest, but at the same time, you know, maybe deviated a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it did have me thinking of that pretty much straight away, just because that was a game that stood out to me um, in doing a lot of the same things. But, you know, as you find very often on it, you, you know, you have a lot of games that will follow an idea a trend or whatever, which is fine because that's how a lot of the great ideas grow on Itch.io, especially. So yeah, I'm never going to fault it for that anyway. So the best thing about this is that little sort of aesthetic as you're going for, as you were saying, you know, it really does just lend it something very unique within this sort of mini genre we have now. And yeah, it's, 
got a good joke in there you know, with the, the the Elon Musk joke. Is um <laughs> particularly well done. You had if that uh, if anything was going to be done like that, it, it's a really funny way of doing it. But um, yeah, it's good at getting that thing that works well with this, which is repetition, as in you know just making you sort of lulling you into that almost boredom of like filling out those sort of things where it's like do this thing do this thing again do this thing again do this thing again you know with slightly different uh, outcomes and you know everything's very obvious and you're like i know all this you know all this and of course then it starts to push it out into places where it's nah, 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 it isn't like that and you know i was pondering for a second you know when there's the typing section you know you have to type the words in the, how you feel about the pictures you're shown and I was thinking, hmm, how much does this matter? You know, what I'm typing because um, we were pondering this last week with uh, the other week with uh, Amanda the Adventurer, where there are segments where you can just type in whatever you like, and it, is, it doesn't necessarily have to be right. It seems, but um, but then we sort of found out afterwards that uh, there is a right answer. It's just obviously not the, an obvious sort of right answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was curious to see how that would get integrated because a lot of this was about the illusion of how this whole thing works and you really need it to be kind of a two-way mirror thing you know because otherwise you're kind of lacking that little bit of interactivity that that medium gives you so the way it was used you know i think was a good compromise you know, in, in everything you typed being used for a particular little bit of unsettling uh, seen in a pitch comparison that you get later. So yeah, I, it's really well put together, smart little idea. You know, I think uh, for putting uh, together these sort of online quiz style, survey style games is you know on paper very easy. You can see where you could make the changes, where you could do these sort of things to subvert it. So it's obviously it would be very easy to kind of go overboard. Yeah, and so I like that there's a lot of restraint in these ones that do it well. And, you know, this was one that I did, found really did do it well. Yeah, there's also this quality of being asked to input your own commands and your own words, which, you know, it's a very simple thing. And it's something that we've seen in a lot of these types of experiences, but it feels almost a little more involving. Uh, I think about, you know, some of those desktop uh, found footage horror films, but at the same time, I find it to be something that just it feels more involving specifically when, you know, later on your own words, you know, come back to haunt you yes. essentially in different creative ways. Um, and it's one of those little moments where it kind of breaks you out of the sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say the monotony of games that follow trends in these things that you're used to or you're expecting. But it is that one little thing that kind of feels like a curveball that comes in where it's like, oh, shit. Okay, this is the creative way they're using my own words to actually, you know, inform the scares or whatnot. And I'm not going to say it's like this big revelatory moment when your own words come back to haunt you, but it is this nice little touch, I think, that kind of breaks you out of your maybe preconceived expectations for yes. an experience like this. Kind of debases you just enough that later down the line, when a certain scare comes, it's almost like, oh, yeah, I forgot this is kind of building to the natural conclusion of experiences like this or you know uh otherwise yeah i mean the end is very typical which is fine yeah it, it's I, I it's nine times out of ten that's what you're going to get i think which is because 
what's being made is experimental and sometimes you're more concerned with the build-up and the structure of everything else that you know you don't really want to think about how to pay it off and you know, i think we've discussed this many times on horror bites in the old format that you have these games that do that really well build the structure up put everything down to make it a really interesting thing and then the end is very much a you know jump mm-hmm. jump scare from the early days of the internet sort of a <laughs> video pranking sort of thing yeah but it's fine yeah but if you're putting in the effort somewhere i think you can get a little pass with that when you're doing such this kind of short form horror mm-hmm. yeah totally agree so yes that was recognition test 23 by bulia and so we go on to my pick for the month, month, week. God, see, I've got to get back in the habit of uh, calling it a week <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, my pick is hashtag gone wrong, or one word like a hashtag is these days, by Wei Yin. And it is, unsurprisingly, a found footage game with a content creator um, searching through some sewers in search of whatever sort of murky goings on may be in there. And so hence the hashtag gone wrong sort of aspect. So it starts very much with that in mind. You know, you had this you know, celebrity influencer hype with his camera looking around at the entrance to these tunnels. And straight off the bat, there's something really smart about this. You know, the controls are graffitied on the wall to one side, just as you're going in the first corridor, you have like, little mini credits that are going on there and then it becomes very much a straightforward brief horror experience where it's a few corridors a couple of discoveries and then you know the centerpiece of what it is doing uh where you come across some cult items and uh bad things happen yeah i mean that's all we can really <laughs> see for something that is probably about four minutes long if, if you are a probably strolling along you know to to be honest it's a uh, yeah nice presentation up front you know it i was surprised by the size of it but i think it's just uh the engine it's running with which i think is unreal um mm-hmm. so yeah it's and you can tell you know i think the quality of the visuals is pretty damn good in that. and the sewers have this really uncanny not sewery vibe to them, you know what I mean? They they feel like just underground passages, which also have something sewer-like about them, but in a way that does feel just unnervingly wrong, you know, in, in that way that famously people like to harp on about, about uh, Kubrick's The Shining, you know, about the sets that don't make sense and the structures that don't make sense, and there's a little bit of that, you know, in that stuff just sort of winds about and there doesn't seem to be any reason for that, um, intentional or not. But it leads you, obviously, whatever you do, to the natural conclusion of this. And, you know, I think it's really well put together and as a smart, small, you know, relatively reliable experience. You know, you've seen a lot of these beats before. Absolutely. But, you know, in this genre, whenever you're not. And I suppose the, the final sort of um, creature design that is in this is interesting, you know. It's something I can't quite decide if it's just a shrug of the shoulders and this is the best and closest thing I've got to what I wanted you know, for when this what the developer may have been thinking. Or if I was just looking at this thinking, hey, that's something a bit different because everyone expects this for a monster or a demon or whatever it is. And 
no, I'll give him this. And the way that plays out is kind of you know, intriguing. There's um, some similarities with some other sort of make sure you keep looking, make sure you keep looking and uh, find your way back out sort of thing. But, you know, the there's no sort of proper ending, I'd say, with this. It's um, very much a case of, nah, that's it. And uh, yeah. once the thing has happened, that's it. It's happened. You just sort of get to choose when that happens, I suppose. Um, I suppose as a small experience, you know, there are things that you can look at and go, you know, if this was bigger, I'd maybe add this or add that. And I'm sure, you know, developers are much thinking the same sort of thing. Um, it was the, you know, the, the character wasn't quite as talkative as I expected for a game featuring, <laughs> you know, a content <laughs> creator talking down a camera. Um, but you know, the mannerisms and nuances of that when it, when the voice did come up worked for me, you know, they, they felt very, um, familiar with the, uh, sort of content creator spiel, which is a good way to go. You know, in those sort of fleeting moments, it reminded me of stuff like, you know, Deadstream, uh, which was sure. a reason where it was quite fun what they did with that sort of whole thing going on. But yeah, how did you uh, get on with this one? Yeah, you know, right away, I was impressed with the production value, like you'd said. Uh, it looks great. It was made in Unreal, as you mentioned. Also a smart communication of just the fundamentals to the player about controls and the use of graffiti and that being tied to the location. You also get like the uh, developer uh, logo and name on the wall too, like little things like that. Uh, I was surprised that it was voiced, right? Mm. And there's not a great deal of talking, but at the same time, for an experience framework that we've seen time and time again, these are the little things that make it stand out more than some of the other ones. Uh, there was one, I think it was either last month or the month before that, that had a similar vibe about being chased through a labyrinth, yes. but it lacked all the polish and everything. So that ended up being an example of like, oh, okay. So yeah, this is an underwhelming crack at that concept. And then something like this, which you know is delivering a more refined version of that, mm. uh, I thought was good. Uh, there's an element of this early on that I was impressed with, which was the sound design. Oh, yeah. Because as you're making your way through this labyrinth, there's no indicator telling you where to go, and it's easy to get lost. It's a labyrinth, right? This yeah. labyrinth of concrete uh, tunnels and whatnot. So the sound design cues you into the direction you're supposed to go, which I thought was a really smart way of just you know uh, leading the player through this maze for the first time when there are no stakes, right? You're yes. just wandering through exploring. And having an audio cue is a smart way to go about kind of basically acting as an exclamation mark or a waypoint. And, you know, once you have that reveal in that room and then you have this tension about trying to navigate the labyrinth and finding a way out, you know, I maybe wish that there had been some other type of uh, element where sound came in, you know, as importantly. But yeah. at the same time, the buildup to that reveal and then the second half of the experience, which is, you know, trying to make your way through that labyrinth the second time was intense and, you know, entertaining in that regard. Uh, I wasn't completely surprised that it kind of just ends, right? Because mm. with a lot of these experiences, it's like, how do you end this in a way that, you know, other than you get to live or you don't get to live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that this was a well-executed, you know, with great production value on a concept that at this point is like very tried and true, I think, with a lot of these bite-sized experiences. But I'll play any number of those types of experiences so long as they are, you know, they have this level of quality. And if anything, if it was a, uh, you know, bigger production, 
I definitely could see myself wanting more from that protagonist, mm. right? More lines, more jokes at the sort of, uh, you know, streaming culture and whatnot that it's kind of making fun of. But, you know, that's the thing. It feels like this is more than a proof of – just a little bit more of a proof of concept. You know what I mean? Because of that yeah. production value. But at the same time, you can kind of see the content map, if you will, in terms of how this could be expanded, um, which I think ultimately shows more, uh, you know, thought or just, you know, wherewithal in terms of what you want to showcase in the demo. Yeah. Whereas like we were talking about uh, a couple of moments ago, you know, that experience that was very similar to this. It was kind of like, okay, well, not only is what here not polished, but it how does this grow? Because there's so much polish that needs to be done before that yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to the fundamentals, you know, something I straight away thought about with this was that you have a clear sort of visual sign to help the audio, you know, when you do kind of stumble upon something of interest. So the character may mention something, you know, you may just catch a glimmer of something that doesn't look the same as the rest of the tunnels, which, you know, having that uniform tunnel design makes that a lot easier um, mm. to sort of, pinpoint moments where you're oh okay that looks a bit out of place so i could go over there and follow that round so even though it is quite labyrinthian the the trick of it is really to find your way back out yeah you know, that's where it gets a bit more difficult but the way in is just like these little gentle hints to sort of draw you in and draw you closer because fundamentally i think the idea is there isn't it is that you are being drawn into this on purpose you know and mm. that's great you know so the way that it sort of sends you into there and you don't really get lost despite the tunnels of it, you know, it just guides you very gently. I mean, that's already showing, you know, smart design skills, you know, at that point, you know, and just needs a bit more meat on that second half to sort of find a way to make, you know, this, that flip on its head and um, be more of a thing. But uh, fully confident that there's something there to, to build upon. So, yeah, that's a, a really good job done there by way in. Yeah, I think that when you are dealing with these sort of tried and true formats of gameplay, right, with these experiences, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you can have all the polish you need, but it's that one extra little tweak on a familiar formula that really would make that, you know, that much more of a standout, I think. Um, and yeah, as we said, you know, they have a solid foundation with this and seeing where they can go with either expanding this or perhaps in future projects. Uh, it'd be great to just see, you know, how they could take a concept that's tried and true, as I said, and just give it that spin that kind of elevates it that much more. Um, but yeah, this was a solid pick, I think, as both of them were this month or this week. See, yeah. I <laughs> see. made the mistake too, right? I've got to stop will, saying monthly, uh, monthly episodes. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the problem we're going to have for a little while. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's no problem, is it? Uh, so those games again, Recognition Test 23 uh, by Abulia, which, and as we just had the one I've just covered, which my name has now escaped me because <laughs> I've moved to the wrong screen. It's uh, hashtag gone wrong by Wei Yin. Um, so we will generally do two, two to three in a month, every week. See you again with the month stuff. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, you will, uh, this time it is very much going to be based on stuff we like the look of play and then have positive feelings rather than go with random games. So, you know, we, as a result, you know, if you feel like your game is uh, going to be something you'd want to have beached on here or 
for you even to be featured yourself. Yeah, it is a great time to sort of get in the early doors of this. So if you're a developer of an indie horror game, demo concept or a game jam entry, we'd love to hear from you. So you could drop us a DM at Safer Pod on Twitter. You can head to the DMs at Horrorbytes uh, underscore SR Twitter if you'd like to be promoted there, as we will do with the games we featured this week. And otherwise, you can email saferinpod at gmail.com for any other sort of general inquiries. Uh, we will be back with more indie horror highlights next. But until then, Jay, we shall keep on hunting. Yes, we shall.